Hey guys, this is part two of two. And we talked to Brandon Wong about how he quit his stable, full-time, great paying career to become a full-time Etsy seller. Today, we're finishing up a conversation with Brandon Wong about how he made the jump to become a full-time Etsy seller that owns four shops and generates multiple six figures per year on Etsy. Okay, you guys need to hear this guy's inspirational story. We talk about Etsy ads, ranking different niches, profit margins, so much more. Um, so again, if you haven't watched part one of our conversation, link is in the description below. So watch that first and then we'll watch this. But yeah, let's jump back into the finishing conversation with Brennan and we'll jump in now. What's like the, the top top limit? Is there a limit? Is there a ceiling to like how much revenue you can do on Etsy? Like what are your thoughts and experience around this? Uh, the ceiling part depends on the category, right? I mean, if you're only if your strategy is only doing SEO through Etsy, then there is a cap unless you're doing external marketing for any niche you're doing, right? Because there's only a certain amount of people you can reach from Etsy if you're only doing SEO. Uh, there's only so many people searching for that specific type of product on Etsy at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you want to scale that up, you can totally do it. You can just go outside, find influencers, you know, any kind of marketing you can do. And in terms of the category, you know, I think they're all different and not going to be all making the same revenue. Right. So from my wall art, it was a certain amount. And then compared to my plant shop, which was definitely like, like a lot more (laughs) just because the price one's higher, less competition, way more demand during this time. Mm. So it does ranges and when I tell someone like, hey, what's your goal? Like, are you are you trying to make this a full-time thing? Are you just trying to do a side hustle? Okay, whatever you want to achieve, you can do it. But okay, figure, figure out the category you want to do, figure out the top sellers, how much you're making. And that's the beauty of using Everbee, right? Because you can actually find uh, how much people are making. And from there, you can have you can set a goal for yourself. Pretty cool. They have 30 listings here. They started eight months ago, which you can also find out from Everbee. And then you can really know exactly what got them there. And and you can play like, cool if i do all the steps properly i can approximately get the same amount um it's a good way to figure out what you want to do yeah i like it because basically you're setting a goal and then you're working backwards right step by step like you're reverse engineering it right in a way like you're just saying okay they have three listings and then if i just do that not that you have to have like just three listings we all know that yeah. it's not that easy but um but in theory it is that simple that's that's what, what you're trying to say and uh, i i agree when you, when someone asks you hey is it possible to make a hundred thousand dollars in Etsy? what would your response be? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely possible for that. Tell me more. Tell me like why you think that's possible. Tell me like, give us an inspiration. Like, oh, Cody, you're trying to... <laughs> um, uh, give, give the audience maybe some love. Like um, a lot of people do not think it's possible, man. Like to be honest, like I talk to sellers and they're just, they just think it's impossible. They think Etsy's dead. And I'm trying to tell them the opposite. But, but that's the beauty of why you have Every be right. You're literally proving to people this you can make this much money. Um, but uh, yeah, from my own personal experience, uh, I was able to achieve that from the first year and a half from doing my first shop, and then after that, I was doing the plan shopping and everything else. Uh, obviously, I was able to get more, but that's a different story because I have a team behind this one. Cool. But uh, overall, I, even if one doesn't get you there, let's say if you know you're picking a, a more niche category but you're dominating it, but there's not enough demand like we mentioned earlier with the SEO. Let's say that they can't get 100K from that. But now you understand the whole process of it. Now you just recycle that on a different category, right? Do something similar and then just keep hitting them and have a bunch of different Etsy shop streams that can get you 100K if you wanted to do that. So it's definitely possible. And, you know, for anyone that doesn't believe it, I just, for me, I guess it's our job to really explain to them, like, guys, we're showing you the data here. 
<laughs> like okay. we're showing the sales. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think people are just a little bit uneducated around it. So it seems like, like they don't really realize like how much money is actually flowing through the platform. Like Etsy's gross uh, GMB, their volume, right? Through the platform is like $60 billion, something crazy, right? It's like, that's a lot of capital coming through just a piece of software in the world, right? A marketplace like Etsy. Uh, the idea that like you can't carve out a little tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of that and turn it into your full-time income, you know, like it's, it's not only possible, it's like, it's, it's probable if you do the right steps, I think, you know, as, as long as that. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is all this stuff about like tactical skills and everything, right. These are all things that you need to know, but one layer above that, it's like, I just want to tell people just, just to, you know, believe in yourself, that kind of stuff. And these kind of conversations, I think ultimately that's what it is. Then from there, you can learn everything else. Mm. Once you have that, that true belief of what you can do. That's a good point, man. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the core of all of it, right? It's you, if you don't have the belief that one, you, it's possible and two, that you can do it, then you're not going to be able to do anything, you know, at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Like why do, yeah, exactly. Like why do people spend four years studying super hard for a certain career? It's because the system made them believe that after four years of studying, you will get a job, right? But people, if they have that same mindset on entrepreneurship, on to starting Etsy store, knowing that it is possible as long as you put in the work because you believe in it so much you want to put on the work then you will you will get there i love it man like that's that's like what i kind of wanted to bring out today is like like hear from you right it's like you you had a full-time job you had a full-time career that was stable and like was good it could have provided for your family or future family right and it would have been fine but like you took like you saw another opportunity you took that approach or you took that leap and made it work and that's that's super cool i think it's inspiring to so many people seriously um uh, yeah, but I understand like everyone's in different situations and some people are willing to take more risks at that time. I was, I didn't, you know, I didn't home and anything. So, so yeah, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, I want to do this, but, uh, yeah, everyone has different situation and circumstances. Totally. I can see that. Um, for, because you're so well-versed in different niches, what are, what are your thoughts around profit margins? What should people, Etsy sellers be like targeting for like, let's say the print on demand niche, or let's say like another niche, uh, you said you have digital products niche into that you're in. What are your thoughts around profit margin and all those? Yeah. So, uh, print on demand from my experience, if, I mean, if you're doing shirts compared to doing what well, are comparing doing like pillowcases, they're all slightly different phone cases, all slightly different, but uh, generally I do around 50% as a good starting part. And I also just, you know, see competitors back to that, you know, what they're retailing it and do the math. Okay, cool. They're selling for $20 print for or printify or whatever you're mm -hmm. doing they're, you know, you can buy for $10. Okay. So that's around 50%. Cool. Maybe I can do that. And maybe I can allocate a little bit of that to Etsy ads. Okay. Maybe I can make it work and then ask yourself, is that what I want for my profit margins? Am I okay with taking home? like $6 after Etsy tag, uh, Etsy fees and everything. Uh, but generally that is kind of the range I go for. Uh, and if you have amazing designs, like really cool, unique stuff, then maybe you can bump it up, like sure. sell more than your competitors. And in terms of digital products, that at the end of the day, that's kind of, you know, most of that is just trade profit other than yep. you know, fees and, and the ads. So that one is totally up to you. And uh, for new sellers, I always recommend just creating a massive sale, creating it's such a good value, even if you're not making that much, even making like a dollar or two or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. Cause I think um, 
the goal is just to generate sales, generate reviews. And then over time, you can increase it back to the price that's competitive. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's that's kind of what I did from the last couple of shops is the strategy of just really giving a good value. And because you're not losing any money if you're doing digital products. <laughs> so uh, I just have the best value ever. And then they can they can generate those things, sales, reviews, and then boost it up afterwards. So in terms of margins, I think it's probably the newest digital. Totally. Yeah. Kind of depending on the niche, we always talk about margins and how, how important they are to know. Like a lot of sellers just don't know their margins. And I understand that if you, if you're a creator and you're not necessarily, you know, haven't been in the business world, like you don't talk about profit margins, you know, you don't really know how to calculate those things or why they're even important and how to use use that information. But as you get in the business world, you start to realize, oh, wow, it's extremely, extremely important to just understand your numbers, just so you know that you're not burning money and wasting money on ads or like, on production costs or and all those things so you can kind of figure out what you're actually going to take home after after all of it and surprisingly like n- not enough sellers know their profit margins yeah definitely that's uh super super important <laughs> yeah. uh especially for you know physical products and print on the man categories i agree totally yeah and it seems like the majority of the margins that i sellers that i talk to is like 30 to 50 percent profit margins is like where it's averaging out on etsy you know Obviously, you can go less if you need to. If it's an expensive product, you can make it work. Um, that's the beautiful thing about, like you said, digital products is like it's 80% profit margins, 90% profit margins, you know, after you make the thing one time. Yeah. Um, what's a process or maybe a strategy that that has worked for you and that you maybe recommend, like, let's say, uh, when you create a new listing, like, how do you get it? showed up on rank, right? How do you get ranked on Etsy? And how do you, let's let's talk about maybe ranking on Etsy and the struggles with it and things that maybe work and the success that you've had and some of the failures. Like, let's talk about ranking. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, back to the competitors, titles, tags, uh, images, price point. I think those are kind of the main elements that I kind of focus on. Okay. Sure, it's, it is on par with the top sellers. Uh, and if you're in a category that's uh, the stats show that it's good, you know, supply and demand ratio, then, you know, the chances are you're going to be seen, right? You throw some ads. Um, but yeah, hopefully that answers the question. But that's kind no, of that's perfect. And I'll go deeper. Like now you said supply and demand ratio. Tell tell us what, what do you mean by that? Uh, meaning how much people are searching for it. Let's say we're just doing search based uh, volume, right? How many people are searching for it compared to uh how many competitors and how many listings are in that keyword category and that ratio will let you know um you know is it a good one how competitive it is how saturated it is how easy it is to be to get impressions from that i love it okay cool and then then what do you let's say it is a good search 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 to uh you know that ratio right search to demand ratio then let's say and then that's within your niche what's your next step typically in the process like do you do you just go and like look at those like do you use analytics to like pull the and like look at the data or like how how do you decide you know which products you actually are going to make that, that will probably sell well uh yeah i mean after that first step i would uh, just go back to getting we're talking about physical products or are we talking yeah, about sorry I know super broad. let's talk about digital products because they're so easy to make um yeah not easy but you know what i mean uh quicker to make then yeah exactly you just re, you know reverse engineering i think something that we keep kind of going back to and something that i love doing i think it's a proven strategy and the safest strategy and most like low risk strategy of it but yeah once you figure out the keywords and um to be honest one of the things i 
been telling people now is actually start getting buying some of the competitors' files. Let's say we're doing digital, right? Mm-hmm. I would actually say purchasing some of them. You want to know, even in normal e-com world, any kind of world you're in, doing e-com, like you want to see what your competitors are doing, actually the products. Yeah. And so, because people always ask me, oh yeah, you know, I want to get into this niche. What files do I do? How do, uh, what the ratios are? You know, how do I name these? Do I do a guide? And I just say, oh, well, you just, you know, purchase some of your competitors. You know exactly right away. You like understand better than anything if you that's just true. have them go through the buyer mindset. Uh, so that's kind of like the next step I would take I is that. to really understand it, buy some of the products. And as you go through it, you're going to like, ah, oh, I see what's happening. I would actually improve on this. I would improve on that. I would do this differently. And from there, you have better ideas of how you can create a way better product and how you can, how you can showcase those missing pieces in the mock-ups and the description, right? So I think that's a great way to really better understand the category is, that um, is powerful. That's powerful. I agree. Like, it's so funny when you, that's such a strategy on Amazon FBA and stuff like that is to like go and buy like the product and then feel it out and feel it, touch it, you know, break it and like figure out like what you can do better. But it's funny. It's Etsy. It's not really well known to do that, but it makes so much sense. Right. So if you're a digital design designer or you want to be, then go and purchase your competitors listings, use Everbee analytics, find this, like this listing over here that's doing a thousand dollars a month and, and basically passive income go and buy it for yourself, touch it, feel it, right? See what, like you said, the ratios and all the things uh, and figure out like if there's ways to improve it and make it better, make it more clear. Like, I don't know, whatever the template is. I mean, you know that world better than I do, like in the digital product space, but uh, that's interesting. Yeah. And another easier way, let's say you really, like instead of buying it, if you really don't want to spend money on it, uh, which I think you should, but if you don't, uh, I would just look through the reviews, look at, read all someone's reviews you're going to have someone saying oh this is such a great product but i wish they had this and that's a good intel that oh maybe i should do this this to improve my my um my product compared to the best seller so that's another great way to to uh, find out what the consumers are wanting from from this best product got it yeah i like that that's a very popular strategy on like other platforms as well is like go into the negative reviews and like you know, maybe sometimes if it's physical products, maybe like the shipping time sucks, right? And you're seeing this thing pop yeah. up and like, hey, maybe I can like deliver faster or something. I don't know, right? It's like, those are the things. Yeah, like one of them, example, something I was helping someone research is they're doing uh, social media templates and when I review saying, oh, I love these social media templates, but this person's missing Facebook ad templates in the package. Oh, okay, maybe we just do some Facebook ad templates included and make sure we showcase that, right? So little things like that really make you stand out. Oh my gosh, totally. What do you think like is, I don't know, the biggest mistake that Etsy sellers are making right now? It's like you see like it recurring, popping up, like the simple mistake or big mistake or whatever. And that's such a broad question, but. Yeah. We talked uh, about pictures already, so maybe, maybe aside from pictures. I know, because I would say that's going to be the one, but. Uh, quitting too early. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's like a kind of broad one, but I, I think a lot of people would just put a few and they, they think, oh, it's not working. And then, uh, but I, that's why I always tell people to have at least 16 listings. I think personally, that's, that's my, my 16. magic number is why? 16 because on a mobile or web page, it has enough to fill up a whole, a whole screen. Uh, it's enough for the buyer to be like, oh, this is a complete store, right? Mm-hmm. If you only have a few, now imagine until like walking to the physical store and all the shelves are empty except for like one row. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like uh, 
yeah, so I, I person that's just what I what I do. I like to see the whole screen filled out. Yep. Uh, it looks more professional. It looks like it's actually a complete shop. So, uh, but that's that's one tip. I love that, and I I agree with that. And I realized that we didn't really talk about like uh, Etsy ranking as much as I wanted to. And I think that it's like the mystery, like how do you rank on the first page for like let's say it's digital. What's a good like search term? It's a high demand on like the g- digital print world, like this digital print probably digital download. Uh, yeah, dig- digital download. I mean, you can do, um, let's say like a daily planner or something like that. Daily planner, right? So search sure. bar, daily planner. We all know that that one's probably like popping up quite a bit. You know, or a lot of people are searching for that. Like, if I create a daily planner today, let's say I create this awesome product. Let's say I have the products well. Like, I, I know like this thing is solid based on all my research and everything. I know it's good. How do I get it to rank? Like, how do I get to show up on that first page? What are your, what's your thoughts around that? I think it's just, well, first just see all the, all the, make a list of all the highest demand keywords based around that. Okay. Play around that and then put, I just kind of have it the same as my, my titles and tags. And, you know, I sprinkle up, sprinkle it, some of it in descriptions, even though I know some people say it's not really might work and why not, but, you know, I put it in everywhere. Cool. everywhere and make sure I categorize it as what I want to rank first. And I kind of repeat that process for a while. Uh, and that's kind of just what I do. I mean, cool. <laughs> I don't so know. No, that's perfect. And so basically you take that, you, 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 you put the tags, you optimize for, you obviously use all your tag slots, you use the keyword, all your title, um, you sprinkle it throughout the description. So it's, those are all important things, by the way, like the majority, it seems obvious to like you and it seems obvious to like, us but really like a lot of people are just missing some of those things um okay so you optimized it with just the same kind of tags and uh keywords all throughout your listing you obviously put a great listing together as far as like images go and like well optimized pictures and stuff like that um you have a great product and cool and then basically you let etsy do its work and just just let the magic kind of happen right if you have good pictures and people are going to click on it and then they're going to convert on it is that kind of you just trust algorithm to kind of work Exactly. You say exactly what I was thinking, Cody. So, um, yeah, pretty much word for word. And I think another thing is understanding in like the buyer mindset, okay, how would they search daily planner differently? Maybe. I mean, I think that's a really broad one. Might not be the best example, but like I say, like you're doing like dog collars and like that, right? Like something that's more general, like how can you kind of shift the, the keywords into a way that people might not be using that you can play into your own advantage. Mm-hmm. So as, I think that's not the best example, but, uh, I think a lot of it is playing around with different phrases around that. And you can use a place like Everbee, right? Because when you, let's say you search daily planner or dog collars, mm-hmm. you can see the competitors, all the tags are using the titles. And once you get a good idea of what everyone's doing, then you can see which one applies to you and sprinkle them, like you said, into titles and tags and descriptions. I love it. Okay, cool. And so at the end of the day, you're not gaming Etsy's algorithm, right? Uh, like you were literally putting a fundamentally like sound listing together by using all the fundamentals that you know, and you're letting Etsy basically do its work, read your listing and then rank you appropriately. And then just, or give you a chance, right. To, to rank on the first page for that thing. Exactly. And cool. if you have a good, good main image, then there, you'll get those clicks and then it'll just keep the momentum will keep flying and then just be patient. Uh, you know, you can't get traction right away. If you're depending on, you know how competitive your space is, right? Uh, but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't set up all this up 
a couple of days later, oh, it's not working. Change it all. Right? You gotta like let it let it marinate a little bit mm-hmm. instead of just keep keep trying to you know change things around every couple of days because that's gonna keep it's not gonna let the algorithm settle. And from my experience, I'm sure you wait you know a lot more about this no, than I do, but that's what I do. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, like uh, I, f- I feel like I hear a lot and I see it a lot where sometimes people will cannibalize or I guess just basically just destruct their own listing by like changing it all the time. And they're just like never get traffic and you never basically let Etsy kind of like run with your listing. So because they're always like trying to optimize the tags too much, right? Over optimizing. And uh, Mm -hmm. so typically I would recommend, and I've seen this taught too, by not just me, it's, I didn't make this up. It's like you copy the listing and then go make the changes on the new listing. So you let give Etsy a chance to like run with that new listing and you have, it gets fresh data to to it into the algorithm and see how that performs. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you ever copy listing and then make the changes, or do you always just modify the actual listing that's not performing well? Even though the product is the same product I'm selling in two listings. Yeah. Oh, I've actually never. To be honest, I never like if it wasn't working, I would just copy it, change it, and post a new one and delete the old one. Right? Is that that's what mean? I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I've actually never done that before, to be oh, honest. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always just uh, modified the existing one, but actually that makes more sense uh, to do that. So, but it, yeah. So you get a fresh start. Hmm. You know what? I'm actually going to try that. Yeah. Let, let me know what your, let, let me know what your results are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I'm, that's why I love having these conversations because like, yeah, to learn different strategies and sometimes it doesn't always work for what works for somebody. doesn't always work for somebody else. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you create a new one, you're not going to have the history of the favorites on your listing. True. Assuming it has uh, favorites. <laughs> true. You're right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Assuming that. Yeah. Yeah. If it didn't, then yeah, I think if you have no data behind it, no reviews linked on linked to that SE that listing, then totally do it. I guess I was thinking like, what I do have my top sellers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like probably. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that's interesting. Okay. So and. I noticed that I was curious if you noticed this too, is like, we, we, I think we all, we all know that like Etsy rotates listings, right? Like sometimes you're like, let's say, let's run with the digital download type of search term again. Uh, someone types in digital download and we all know it's a really high search term. And we, sometimes we see like, we obviously see the ads listings up there. Right. And then, but then we also see like one that deserves to be there is like 16,000 reviews and then 5,000 reviews. Right. So these listings that deserve to be there. And then we see this one that has like one review. You know, and it's a brand new list. We look at Everbee and it's like, oh, this thing was listed mm. like literally zero months ago, right? It just got listed. How the heck did they get on the first page for a highly searched search term, you know, with a brand new listing? Like, have you noticed that also? Or, and what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I honestly don't know. I think it's like, they just like to kind of test things out and then they want, their AI is getting a lot better in terms of what they think the buyer wants. But I think it's a way for them to, just to see, um, how well these new listings go. It's kind of like TikTok algorithm where they kind of like test it out with a certain amount of audience. Like mm-hmm. there's like 300 people, right? And there's like, okay, cool. Are you getting any clicks? Any, any impressions? Are any, any hovers? Uh, from there, they can really try ranking you. So I think that's great for new sellers because yeah. they're still giving new sellers a chance. And at the end of the day, I think it's great because you can be a top seller, but if you're not, if your items aren't relevant anymore, then you shouldn't be, you shouldn't deserve to be at the top just because you have authority. So I think it's great for new sellers that you have a chance to stand up as top sellers. So if you have, if your product's good, then you will, you will, you will do good no matter how saturated you are and, and everything. So I, 
Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I love that, man. I think that's a great perspective to have on it. That's how I view it too, is like, this is a good thing. You know, it's that they kind of rotate and they sprinkle in new listings on there. It's good for like new list, new sellers, but also just like, it could be old sellers, like older sellers that have, have new listings too. It's like, if you compare it to Amazon and, uh, you know, I don't know if you have experience selling on Amazon FBA, but it's like you try to rank on like a highly searched keyword, like you're going to have to spend a lot of money and you still might not be ranked. Like it's, it's extremely difficult to be ranked for something like, uh, so you have to like somehow figure out a way to like not hack it, but like strategies, there's strategies built around this. Mm-hmm. Whereas Etsy, Etsy gives you a chance to rank. So if you assume that you convert and you get those clicks and you actually convert, like they are one, they want to show you again and they want to show you again. They want to show you again, right? It's, it's in their interest too. I love it. And I, for them, it's smart too, because if they're going to just keep giving priority to top sellers, well, I'm sure they, at some point they do, like to some degree, but then your, your products and everything becomes dull because everything becomes outdated. Right. So I think it's great yeah. to have new people coming in and new listings. And so I think it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Um, on your Etsy ads, and I'm not sure how much you actually look at the Etsy ads data, um, but do you pay attention to like, when do you know when to shut an ad off for, let's say your digital products, for example, like when do you shut an ad off and just let it ride? Like how, how do you view Etsy ads? For me, I, um, I do check it uh, regularly, not like every day, but like, you every know, seven days. enough. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, if something is, I go listing by listing. Obviously it's not like, I don't look at the overall number I do, but you know, you really got to break it down. Cause some, it. some listings usually work better than others. So let's say if something is, um, I've spent like twice as much on ad spend. Mm-hmm. That's just my own preference thing. If it's twice as much and it's gone like, you know, thousands of impressions and clicks. So I know for, for me, I'm like, hey, that's enough for me to know that I'm going to cut this one out. <laughs> uh, like that's enough for me. Okay, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's done. And then I'll let the other ones ride. So, yeah. I love it. No, that's perfect. I take the same approach. I look at like things on... Uh, the seven day type of rolling period, like every seven days, I'll like go in there and look at it. And I look by line by line also. Um, and I think that's important for everyone to know too. You don't just look, you look at your overall budget, like what you spent and then what revenue you brought in. But like, that's just like one data point, but really want to look down, look at like the breakdown of each leech listing. And Etsy changed this a little bit. So you actually have to go into like your managed advertised listings to see this data now. So some people think it's just gone, but it's really not. It's actually just have to go into a different spot, right? Yeah, uh, each listing and each listings, uh, each uh, tag or keyword within the listing. Mm. So there's also toggles within each tag. It's something that I think is new. Um, and then, cause sometimes you might have, let's say that you're doing um, daily planners mm-hmm. or yeah, daily planners, right? Daily planners are doing really well, but then one of the word that's showing the ad on is daily. And that if you do a search in daily to sing daily planners, obviously they don't really want that because it's so broad. Yep. So, but that one's taking all your, all your impressions and that's costing you the most. Then you want to toggle that one little. Uh, well, I didn't realize you that. Is that that's brand new then? Yeah, I, I guess yeah. It is. It is very very recent. Cool. Okay, so um, you actually toggled so, that off that specific keyword. Oh, it's a negative. That's the negative. Though. Yeah, it's, that's newer. Yeah, so I would toggle those things with, yeah, so a listing and within the listing, there's each toggle for each keyword. <laughs> that's that's interesting. That's super good to know for like myself and for others too. Um, I always kind of like subscribe to thinking of like, if the ads break even, they're doing their job, you know, especially on a digital product. Like if I'm breaking even on digital product, like I'm winning because I'm bringing traffic to my store and they'll probably convert to something else or they're going to show that listing again to that 100%. shopper, right? 
Wow, I really appreciate Brandon coming on and sharing his story. Um, be sure to check out his YouTube channel and the link in the description below where he shows more free strategies and tips on actually growing your Etsy shop. Uh, second, if you guys aren't using Everbee yet, go sign up for free in the link in the description below. You guys need to be using data to make decisions in your business, okay? So it'll help you find more the best products to sell on Etsy. So go and do that with Everbee. And finally, uh, what did you guys learn? You know, from today's video, I'm just, I'm really curious. What was the biggest takeaway that kind of made you say, aha, you know, let me know in the comments section below. And uh, I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for watching the video and I'll talk to you soon.